Welcome to Next Steps, a podcast from Blackhawk Church in Madison, Wisconsin, where together we'll take next steps to grow in our relationship with Christ, to be formed into the kind of people He's created us to be, and to better love and serve those around us. Let's jump in. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, So glad that you're joining us today. Uh, I'm Tiffany, and joining me today, of course, as always, is Chris Kopp. Chris, how are things today? I'm doing great. Yeah. Uh, I'm a couple weeks out from leaving for spring break for Florida, so super excited about that. By the time this actually comes out, I will probably be sitting on a beach somewhere. So (laughs) I'm just, I'm ready for that. That sounds fantastic. So good. Well, today, you guys, we have a special guest with us um, joining us. I think, is it the first time that you've been on the podcast, Heather? Yeah, I think I've done one one more. Okay, so yeah. It is Heather Watts. And so Heather is on staff here at Blackhawk with the care team. Uh, Heather is also a spiritual director in in training, Oops, almost, almost finished with that, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about a little more in just a second. Um, so Heather, we are, we're glad that you're here joining us. Thank mm, you. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Good. All right. Well, today's episode, we are going to be talking about the speed bumps that we hit on our journey with God. So for the past several episodes, right, we've talked about uh, different aspects of the spiritual formation journey, what it looks like to walk with God, to grow in maturity as a Christ follower, um, what spiritual practices are and how they help us grow in our relationship with God. Um, And this has been so good, so encouraging, but here's the thing, right? If you've been walking with Jesus really for any amount of time, Mm -hmm. you know that there are some speed bumps that you're going to hit along the way. And so we think these are important to talk about. We want to normalize some of these speed bumps. And so I couldn't think of anybody better (laughs) to invite Heather Watts to talk about a speed bump. I'm not sure if that's (laughs) a good thing. It's a good thing. I've hit a lot of bumps. (laughs) Uh, Well, you've walked alongside people mm. who've hit a lot of bumps. Mm. And so, um, and you've done it so, you do it so well and so mm. kindly and with such compassion and generosity. Mm. So I'm glad to, glad to have That's you That's kind. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So before we get too far down on this road though, um, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe your family or something interesting about you um, and a little bit about your faith journey. Okay. Well, uh, I think the first thing I have to tell you is I seriously love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I would not ever call myself religious. Uh, I would call myself a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband Dan and I have been married for about 35 years. Uh, we are in a season of learning how to more deeply lean into each other and improve communication. And marriage is a lifelong journey mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of growing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, We have two adult daughters, Jessica and Megan, and they truly are two of my favorite people on the planet, just Mm. good humans. (laughs) Um, I've been at Blackhawk for about 20 years and the last 13 on staff, um, and a real unexpected turn came up a couple of years ago when I came off of the Blackhawk kids team and started working with the care team. That was a surprising turn, but I'm really grateful Mm. for that. Um, I work on the care team as, as, uh, what's called the responsive care coordinator. So when life is difficult, our, you know, our church wants to come around people who are hurting and that requires a number of people to step in. And so I get to be kind of the person who helps put that together and, uh, walks well with, uh, people who are hurting, 
Um, I said to my husband, probably I started working at Blackhawk, and it was the strangest thing. I was having this experience where people would come into my office or come up to me in a hallway, and they would start to share part of their story, and they would just start to cry. Mm -hmm. And I said to my husband, I think I have this spiritual gift of either making people cry or making <laughs> people comfortable enough to, to share a story that makes them cry. So that continues to be part of my journey. Um, and those are sacred spaces. Um, a couple of years ago, I started into a program learning to be a spiritual director, and that was definitely... Uh, Boy, that was a calling that I just feel like I dug my heels in and I wasn't sure I wanted mm. to go where God was leading. Mm. Uh, but I did, and it has been a transformational journey. It's wow. been, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Spiritual direction is a sacred space, and I'm uh, grateful that Jesus invites me to come into that space with other people. Mm. So... Um, Heather, I don't know whether or not to get into this yet, but it is interesting, right, that that guys invited you on this journey of becoming a, a, a spiritual director. But I, I think for many people, they may not exactly know mm. what spiritual direction is, but it is perfect for this conversation because it is often a person that people go to when they're hitting one of these one of these bumps that we're going to be talking about. So can you give us just like a quick, what is spiritual direction? Um, and, and, and maybe we'll come back around to that a little bit later on in the episode too. Sure. Spiritual direction is a relationship between two people. Um, you're actually companions. You're going to learn from each other. God is ultimately the spiritual director, but that relationship is a safe, non-judgmental, sacred space for people to come into, to share their stories, to talk about how they see themselves and how they see God. And what's fascinating about it, it is not counseling. It is not about fixing. It's about recognizing I'm in a space that I'm maybe uncomfortable in as I'm dealing with transition or trying to discern where God might be leading, or I'm in like a spiritual desert and I can't sense God and that's unsettling and I want to move towards that. So spiritual direction is conversation. It's an hour that you hold is sacred where we're listening together for the story that God is telling through you and in you. And I think the thing I love most about spiritual direction is that I cannot tell you how often it happens that someone is sharing a story that's difficult and they speak their own healing words. And I can say, did you hear yourself say that? Mm. And they recognize that the Spirit has just spoken mm. wisdom into their own lives. So it's it's a beautiful, sacred mm. space. I know that seems kind of, it's hard to describe, but I think all things that are spiritual are actually pretty hard <laughs> to describe. So mm. that's a little glimpse well, into what done. spiritual direction is. Yeah. I love that you shared that you maybe have the spiritual gift of making people cry. Because <laughs> I was going to, I was thinking that about you before you were even telling that story of like, there's so many times where... Uh, you've ministered to me just in, in passing, whether in the kitchen, even right now, I'm starting to, <laughs> it's the spiritual gift coming up and, and that that's happened for me. And so I didn't know you for very long before you made that switch from be kids to care and into the, like the spiritual direction training. But 
oh my gosh, anyone that's been around you for more than five minutes can sense that like this is something that God has gifted you in and really you're, you're spiritually directing our staff and caring for us in a lot of yeah. ways um, just in passing. And so, yeah, it's something it's easy to recognize in you and yeah, just grateful for the ways you've done that even in my mm. own life. So I'm going to stop talking. So that I don't, <laughs> yeah, the spiritual gift is too strong. I don't want to keep, I don't want to go on with the crime. It's so, so humbling because... When I sit in that space with people, I know that it's not me. I know that it's the Spirit of God, and He does this work in each of us. And so I just, I feel grateful to God who would even usher me into that space and allow me into the spaces where people are hurting. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys, so good. All right. Well, okay. So Heather, like we've talked about in your role as both um, responsive care coordinator and a spiritual director, right? You have come alongside so many, so many of us, um, so many people of our congregation in different places um, in their faith. And so what are, as you reflect on those, what are some of the most common speed bumps that you have seen people encounter? whether it be in your official role, but as we've kind of talked about long before you're in either one of these official roles, this is kind of the, the, the gift that God um, has displayed in you. So yeah, what are some of the most common speed bumps that you've seen? Uh, I think this is how I experience, and I've seen many people experience speed bumps. It actually has to do with either it can be a very life-changing event or it can be a series of events that just makes it feel like life is gone off course, something's really wrong, and I'm actually, it can feel like I'm being forced to stop. Um, life doesn't look like you wanted it to look. And some of that, most of that's not in our control. Mm. Uh, and when this happens, we are so off balance because it's not what we were expecting. So we don't know what to do. Uh, we might um, turn and we might pray more fervently. Uh, there are many people who aren't sure how they feel about Jesus who will turn to prayer in those moments when life has come to a screeching halt. Mm. Um, or if you're like me, when life is not right, I'm going to do everything in my power to try and fix it, but nothing that I'm doing is working. Like, no, this is just broken, and I can't make it go. And so um, you, you try and find your way forward. And as you do that, it feels like there's these bumps in the road, these, these things that you might try, and you just can't seem to get good traction or that it, it takes a lot more time than I want it to, to get the traction to mm -hmm. start moving out of this period of struggle. Mm -hmm. um, I think doubts, when life is hard, especially uh, I think about long-term suffering, doubts about God's goodness, about his presence, is he real, does he care? Like all of those doubts are huge speed bumps. Um, Wondering, is God actually good? And is he actually in control of all things? I think this is real. This is, um, this is significant. It's a significant um, bump in the road. Uh, I think another speed bump that happened during the pandem pandemic is that 
the spiritual practices that you've used just stop working. Mm -hmm. The things that used to give you life don't any longer give you life and you feel a little bit lost. Uh, during the pandemic, I did um, run into anxiety in ways I'd never experienced before in my life. And all of the sudden, this sacred silence that uh, I had used each morning, I couldn't, I couldn't mm -hmm. do it. Um, I think it also can happen that the spiritual practices that you use or have been using, you can't find the energy. Right. This often happens with mental health. You just can't find the energy to pour into that relationship with God. And you're, so you're trying to depend on your own effort, but you don't have any effort to give. Mm. Um, I think uh, third speed bump has to do with feeling like God's not actually present. Um, some people call this the dark night of the soul. Mm. Right. Mother Teresa experienced years of this. But that happens for all of us, and it is such a feeling of desolation, and there's fear that's in there. Um, and again, mental health plays a huge piece in that journey of the dark night of the soul. Um, but it's a lonely place. Have you, have you all experienced the dark night of the soul before? I would say a, maybe a mini, a mini dark night of the soul. Okay. Mini, yeah. How about you, Chris? Yeah, it's uh, prob probably similar. I think we've talked about that a little bit on here. Um, I, I mean, I've, it's hard. You don't want to compare stories, right? I mean, I know that I've um, had had friends and read about people who are just a, a huge, significant thing that lasted for a long time. So I don't, haven't really experienced something quite like that. But yeah, but smaller smaller versions of, of um, yeah, God feeling absent or, or distant that I can certainly resonate with. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know, I don't think God is, I think this happened a lot during the pandemic, right? We didn't want to acknowledge that we were going through a bump because we could see somebody else whose bump was bigger right, or, right. I don't think God ever asks us to say, could you quantify that bump? And <laughs> I think he invites us to bring all yeah, the, bumps the bumps to him. Um, I think ultimately speed bumps can sometimes make us feel as if we want to walk away from God. Sometimes we do. We turn our backs on God. Uh, what do you all notice as mm -hmm. speed bumps in the journey? Yeah. Tiff, anything? Yeah. Well, I think even more recently, I think, you know, maybe it's become popularized, but I think we've just created a lot of space for it. But it's the idea um, of of deconstruction, if you will. So this um, kind of experience where, for the most part, people maybe in their 20s and 30s is, I think, what, where I've seen it most prevalent um, in this past season of um, things that they learned um, over the course of their lifetime of walking with God, maybe um, how community works, how churches work, who, right? All of these things, right, have been meshed together in this um, in this kind of faith that they've, that they've created, I don't know, created, but have, you know, have in their mm -hmm. lives. And so, um, but because of a variety of different ways, um, kind of feels like maybe a card got pulled from their house of cards, right? And uh, because one thing got removed, whether it be, 
um, questions just, yeah, about variety of, of things, um, kind of their whole faith begins kind of tumbling down. And so I think in this season, there's been some good things to deconstruct. I think, I think, I think maybe even there's been some God guidance of, you know, kind of untangling some really unhealthy things from the way we do kind of churches as, as an American church or Western church or, um, but I also think that um, sometimes it's because people have experienced hurt um, in their lives. And um, because they've experienced this hurt, it, it makes them kind of step away mm. uh, or question some of the things that they've learned about who God is and how he works in their lives. And so, um, Chris, I don't know if you have anything more to add in that. Yeah, no, I, I resonate with all of those things, I think. Um and I appreciate that you mentioned anxiety as a part of your own story. I think that's something that I've experienced more of in the midst of the pandemic as well. And I think, yeah, this isn't going to come as a surprise, but that I think many of us are facing new mental health challenges in a new way, especially since the pandemic started, um, which, yeah, that, that has a way of kind of rocking your faith, your relationship with God in, in different ways or your experience of him. And so I think that's something that I see a lot of people, um, even yeah, close to me kind of wrestling through as, as well as, um, yeah, kind of what, what to do with that, what to do in the midst of depression when it feels like God isn't taking it away yes. and things feel hopeless. And, um, so those are obviously some, some big speed bumps. There's a lot of other smaller ones too, but those are some of the ones that, um, yeah, I've just seen more and more of in the past um, months and couple of years and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I wonder if sometimes there are some positive speed bumps. Like they're like positive things in our lives, yeah. but they're still speed bumps. So that can be kind of confusing. Like I think for myself, of like motherhood, becoming a mom was a speed bump in all the ways in my life, <laughs> right? And so that was for some. I can just speak for women, right? For some women, it's a very natural experience that um, really fuels their faith in beautiful, healthy ways. And then for some women, it feels like, what just happened to me? I'm supposed to like be feeling these feelings and I don't. Or like, um, right, there's a lot of hormones. There's a lot of just like you reorient your entire life, like your structure of your life is upended and you have to learn a new way of being. You're like, I have to like give my all to this human being for the rest of my life when I've really been taking care of myself for my first part of my life where Sony's been taking care of me and just what a shift in orientation that is. Um, it's a positive speed yeah. bump, but yet still a speed bump that affects our life with God um, as it does everything else. So I'm thinking about probably a lot of things, probably um, maybe marriage, maybe divorce. Well, I guess that's not positive, right? Or sometimes, you know, it can feel positive for if you're leaving and an abusive situation, right? Um, it can feel, or maybe moving to a new life stage mm-hmm. of empty nesting or a new job that you're excited about or moving to a new community, all speed bumps that can affect, I think, our faith in surprising ways. Oh, I think about the journey of singleness that the church sometimes can take as the church has been pretty infamous, I think, for pointing to being married as the the goal, the yeah. thing that you would like to see happen for all people. And yet there's the sacredness of singleness yeah. and that journey of embracing singleness as a beautiful gift. Mm. I think that that is 
a really difficult, long journey when the culture says you need to be connected to someone through marriage. I just feel like, again, that's a really, that's a journey filled with speed bumps. And yet it is got to be one of the most beautiful things. I have the privilege Mm. of walking with people who I watch how God shapes the life of a single person to be able to do things that I simply can't, I think because I'm married, mm. right? Yeah, it's they right. get to prioritize God in a, in a way that I just think is so pleasing to the heart yeah. of God. Yeah. But it's another topic. Yeah, um, that's great. No, that's really good. I, I also think the deconstruction, right? This idea, you talked about it a few weeks ago about spiritual formation. We've been formed spiritually our whole lives, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, some of that spiritual formation has been bad. So it's part of why when one card gets pulled, the whole house can come down. And it's a really difficult space to be. And yet at the same time, it is a time when God is working to reconstruct the foundation of your spiritual life to be based on his truth. And so it's it's not easy. There's nothing easy about about hitting these speed bumps, about life being so difficult. When I think in American culture, we tend to believe that if we're good Christians and we're doing all the things that are right, we're not going to hit the speed bumps. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. I appreciated what you said, though, about how they can sometimes be good, or maybe they're not good in and of themselves, but God can use them for good in our lives. I think that's certainly been... Um, my experience and many of the things that I've faced, and it doesn't feel like it in the moment, yeah. right? But yeah. in looking back on it and seeing the fingerprints of how God has been at work, um, you can see how he's using it for something. Or even like, I, I think of, you know, the actual speed bumps on a road kind of slow you down so that you don't get into a crash. And I'm, I was just thinking about that over the past few moments. And I'm like, I think God has put speed bumps in my own life so that I didn't go too fast and end up just wrecking things. Um, there's this quote that I've been thinking about, about a lot lately. It's something to the effect of how you don't want your power or your platform to outpace like your character or your maturity. Otherwise Mm. bad things are going to happen or you're going to inflict pain on other people. And so I see times in my life where like certain dreams didn't come true or, um, really hard things happened and life wasn't going the way that I had planned and had expected, But I look back and I'm like, oh, by the grace of God, (laughs) that this this road bump got put in place. Otherwise, it would not have been a healthy thing for me or for my family or for the the other people that would have been involved in the situation. So, um, so yeah, they're not never... They never feel good in, in the moment. Mm-hmm. And some things we like bring on ourselves. It's the result of our own sin or, or, or fallenness or that kind of thing. But other a lot of other things just kind of happen to us um, or we're victims of different things that happen to us. Um, but in all of those things, God um, is able to use them for our mm-hmm. good or to, to maybe spare us from something yeah. um, down the road that could have happened. So, And we would never wish speed bumps like uh, on someone else or in our own lives. We just pray for this very smooth sailing. And yet, I don't know about your stories, but those are not my, my, my seasons of life where it's very smooth, where my spiritual growth is happening in the exponential way that happens when I hit the speed bumps. Yeah, that's really true. So Heather, you walk alongside like 
quite a few, quite a few people. So what does it look like to walk alongside somebody who is hitting a speed bump? Mm. Uh, I want to start with what it's not. Um, it's not about fixing. Uh, when we, when people that we care about, when they're hurting, we want to rescue them from their pain, right? That, I feel like that's part of, of the spirit of God working in us. God doesn't want pain for us. That's why heaven doesn't contain tears or pain. Um, but we want people to move past those speed bumps because we don't want them to suffer any longer. But just like when you go over a speed bump too fast in a car, it causes a lot of damage. I think the same can be said uh, for walking with someone who's experiencing a speed bump. If we push too fast, we can end up hurting them. And fixing often does this. Mm -hmm. It focuses on what they should be doing. Um, I think in our human minds, we want to take and simplify complicated, difficult things into if you'd only. If you find yourself wanting to say, if you just, please don't let those words come out of your mouth because it's never simple and it's never easy. And that fixing and the if you just can cause such shame mm. in the person that is experiencing the speed bump. It can make them think, this is all me. It's, I'm broken. I've caused it. I got to fix it. It causes isolation. And that's never our intention, but it is what fixing just naturally does. So I want to start mm. there. Um, listening is the very best thing you can do. It is so powerful. Uh, uh, here's a, a few ideas about listening well. Start with you. When you walk alongside someone who is struggling, notice the judgments that rise in yourself. I think we as humans, well, I can't speak for you. I can only speak for me. Judgments seem to rise pretty quickly and easily inside mm -hmm. of me. Um, and I think part of listening is setting aside those judgments as soon as you start to notice them. Uh, someone who's suffering, they're already judging themselves. They don't need our judgments too. And those judgments bleed through in our conversations, even if we don't actually speak them out loud. Mm. Um, to listen well, I would say seeking to understand um, what the other person is feeling. You're trying to see how they're perceiving life. You're trying to Notice. So be curious. Mm. Ask questions. Is this how you're feeling? Um, is this what it feels like? Is this where you're thinking God is? Those kinds of questions just encourage us as individuals to be able to go deeper. Um, I also think when we notice, when you're listening to somebody and you look in their eyes and in their face, it tells such a story. Mm. So as you're listening, noticing that and reflecting that, it looks like this is hurting you. Uh, wow. What happens in those moments? It opens the conversation to go even deeper. And um, as that conversation unfolds, uh, uh, this happens so often people actually end up speaking a healing truth themselves. Hmm. So when you're really listening, you hear that 
and you go that significant and you invite them to notice what they just said. This happened with a woman I was meeting with a couple of weeks ago, and she was feeling really frustrated and sad that God was not moving her life in the way that she wanted him to move. She felt really called to be moving in a given direction. And as I was listening with her, um, she said, I think that maybe it's just that my foundation is not quite ready to be built upon yet. Mm. And I said, did you hear yourself? Mm. And as she repeated that, watching that wisdom wash over her, but the only way that that's possible is when we're actually listening. And we're not trying to think of how we should respond or how we should fix. We're just present with people. So listening. Um, Heather, if I can interrupt you. Yes. I think that is huge. I mean, I think there's a lot of information. There's a lot of talk, right? Like a lot of talking, a lot of noise. But finding people to listen mm-hmm. in a non-judgmental way. I mean, even how you said like, even if you're not saying the judgments out loud, they'll still show up in the conversation. Oh my gosh, that's that's huge and something to reflect on. And but and I mean, I know this is not about you, but but I think that's actually a gift that I've seen in you, and maybe why people do come to you because you listen, right? You're you're one who is wide-eyed and listening and when you have, when you're carrying around these hurts or these things inside of you, right, it's not very often that you bump into somebody who is willing to listen. And so even like as Christ followers and as friends, what it looks like to listen mm. to one another and create space for that, gosh, so huge. So, Oh, Tiffany, I think the church is in desperate need of this kind of listening where we're not looking to quote a Bible verse or to to oh, if try this practice or do this, if we're just present with each other and we listen, uh, this is there's a whole nother topic of group spiritual direction that I think is so needed where as a group of people who love Jesus, we're listening on behalf of one another. This is what I think the church was designed to be. Mm-hmm. I also think we're living in a season where we all so desperately need to be listened to that we're searching for those spaces and that that's just the season that we're living in. Mm. So also to be gentle with ourselves when we Mm. find we're not able to listen in that way. So I love that posture is probably a big shift for many of us, like, and not in a bad way, but when someone comes to us, that's going through something really hard, like, oh man, what am I going to say? Like, maybe you're even praying for wisdom to have like the perfect thing to respond with. But yeah, I love this posture of listening, but also if they too, the person going through the struggle has the spirit of Christ dwelling in them, like, yeah, like you said, they're capable of saying things out loud themselves that you're trying to draw their attention to. Like he's moving and ministering to them in that moment. And so just this shift of rather like having the perfect words to say of like, how do I listen and be in tune with what it is that the spirit is already doing or wanting to do in this person and in this conversation um, yeah, I'm going to have to have to think a lot about that because it's just not most of our natural inclinations when someone comes and is in need of help and support and that kind of thing. Right. So, and it's triggering for me, this idea of silence being this beautiful space that even as we're listening, silence is this thing in Western culture that we often want to fill. Yeah. And, um, 
when you're in conversation with someone and they stop speaking, and especially if they look up, there's something that's happening. There's in that space. So let the silence do what it needs to do. And uh, hmm. right again, when we're not feeling we have to fix, then silence becomes more comfortable. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I would, um, there's a, a couple of other things. I think um, being aware that in seasons where the road bumps are there, we're thinking about prayer all the time. We're going to offer to pray for each other. And one of the things that we do as an entire care team is I'll say to someone, we're all saying this to people, can I pray for you now? Or would you prefer I do it when we're not together and our conversation is done? Sometimes prayer can feel, can create all kinds of negative feelings for people who are experiencing a road bump. It's okay. They get to feel like that and we get to hold them in prayer. But giving them space where it's okay for them to say that out loud is, again, just a space for them to be more open and less alone. Mm. Um, And then there is one more thing. Um, The last three years have been so bumpy in my personal life that I feel like I become aware of long-term suffering and the kinds of questions that we ask. If we're journeying with somebody who's suffering, uh, there's a way that this question, how are you doing? <laughs> we ask that question and there's hope in the question. Like, I hope things are better. Mm. When they're not better, mm-hmm. it can feel like you're a broken record. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to talk about this. Mm. So just to be aware that there's a different way that you can say, how are things for you today? Or maybe you don't even ask about the thing that's heaviest on the person's heart. But... Has there been something you've enjoyed doing lately that Mm. just allows Mm. them to think about something different? Because we just want the suffering to end, but sometimes in trying to lead people there, it can feel even more hopeless Mm. because it's not better. Heather, I did this the other day. It was so (laughs) bad, you guys. It was fine, right? Good friends. told you I didn't want to talk about it. Good friends, right? Show up to their house. They're going through a thing that will last a long time. And, um, right, I just, like, right, I'm, like, coming from home. Right, I'm, like, coming. I'm listening to my podcast. I get to their house. I walk in. Hey, how's it? How are you guys? <laughs> what I was, like, really bad. And I'm, like, oh, of course you are. He's, like, oh, did I just say that out loud? It's, like, no, no, you should have said that out loud. That's exactly how you are. And, like, but, but what a reminder to me, right, where it was, like, I wanted to come in to, like, cheer it up, you know, or, mm. but actually that wasn't respecting kind of where they were actually at, right? I wanted good things for them. And so the way that I asked that question and, like, had my posture going into that conversation, it wasn't it wasn't helpful at all. Yeah. Um, so I love that you gave a couple of um, just questions that we could ask that really could respect the experience of the person or just permission not to ask. And so, um, so thanks for that. I think that's a, those are good wise words. And the vulnerability uh, that you too can be vulnerable walking with people over a, a, a longer period of time as they're struggling. Sometimes they want to be able to do something for you. So if you, if they are praying and they ask how they can pray for you, offer that up. Or maybe there's another gift that they have. They're a great cook. Can I make you a meal? Sometimes it feels so wrong 
to know that someone is suffering and you're asking me if you can make a meal. And yet often there's just a gift in being able to do something for somebody else to get your eyes off of yourself mm-hmm. and to use a gift that God's given mm-hmm. you to do something you enjoy on behalf of someone else. So again, the bi-directional relationship um, is important. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah, all of this is super helpful. Um, maybe to kind of, so we, we've talked a little bit about how to help someone else walking through something like this. Let's kind of turn the the turn it in the other direction. We got a, a few minutes left here. Maybe two more questions. So, um, Heather, if you're willing to share, what are what are some of the speed bumps that you've encountered in your own faith journey, and what did it look like to move through those? <laughs> When you said this question, and I started to think about it, it makes my heart hurt because Mm -hmm. oftentimes speed bumps can last for a number of years. So most recently, a few months into the pandemic, as I said, um, anxiety hit, and I couldn't be still. I didn't know how to connect with God. Stillness actually made my skin crawl. It was so uncomfortable. And it just felt like wheels were falling off life. There was skin cancer of my husband and a brain tumor for my sister-in-law. And the things just kept rolling and rolling in. And I was frustrated. And I wanted to be able to connect with God. And I'm asking God, come on, you guys. I was praying to ask God to help me to reconnect with him. That Surely that's a prayer he would answer, <laughs> yeah, right? Come yeah. on, that's a good prayer. Yeah, yeah that's right. And it wasn't happening. And I kept trying to surrender my concerns to God to the point where I was exhausted of surrender. Like I was like, I'm done. I'm done. And um, I could sense God inviting me to to listen to worship or a number of other things. And I was not interested. Um, I refused. Uh, the Bible, it didn't feel like comfort. It It felt like a foreign language. So... I turned my back on God. Um, I said, no, thanks. And at the same time, experienced this immense amount of like, what a phony I am here. I'm working for the church on the care team, and I'm in a spiritual direction program, and I'm walking away from God. It was really, really rough. And then I turned around, and I missed God. I missed him in my life. I missed his presence, even though I couldn't always seem to grasp it. And I started that journey back, which also contains some guilt. Like, I turned away from the living God. Oh, golly. But it was people listening. It was my spiritual director was so important in helping me to see that there were new spiritual practices that I could delve into that would meet me in my anxiety, uh, There was a crazy, beautiful prayer practice called the welcoming prayer that was just stunning. And I use it to this day when my anxiety is at its highest and I sit down with God and I invite anxiety in. It's so powerful. Um, So, yeah, this happens. You hit the speed bumps and there are times you can turn away. And that was what it was like um, for me. And having... Going through this for three years, I have a good friend, and we talk about nobody actually wants to be the needy friend. (laughs) Nobody wants to be the needy friend. And this was three years of, like, trying to hold together and not be the needy friend, but I am the needy friend. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think 
it's hard and it happens. And I expect it will keep happening because mm. life is hard. Life is hard. Mm. Heather, one thing I'm noticing is, and I think this is some of what we've been even talking about behind the scenes, um, but some like here at Blackhawk, right, we have like the spiritual formation team and we have the care team and we like we have care groups, and we have community, like, like we pretend that those things, of course we don't, but like we separate them sometimes in our own lives of, oh, do I need care? Do you need, like, but actually we are whole human beings mm-hmm. and these things mm-hmm. are so intertwined, right? Love like, that. like yes. how as we're feeling anxiety, right, this rises, some, but then it's, but then we're, we're using these practices, these welcoming, welcoming prayers to help reef kind of form our heart. And I just think it's really fantastic that um, I think especially your team has been so careful about saying, oh, no, this is this is all integrated. And, and so I think that um, it's been a really helpful shift for me over these past years mm. uh, to get in. You have vision for that. We are whole human beings that um, what's going on in our lives our mental health challenges, the struggles we're going through, the practices that we're doing, how we're seeing and walking with God—it's all very much connected. You can't you can't tease them apart. Yeah. Um, yes. And and what a health. And I think I think as we begin to kind of view our, our lives with God in that way, mm-hmm. I think some things can change. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we like neat categories, yeah, we do. right? Yeah. And it's actually all very woven yeah. together and it's yeah. not very neat. Yeah. Well, that's why I love that you're doing spiritual direction yeah. too. I feel like that's going to be just huge going forward because it, I don't know, to me, it feels like it stands in the gap between those two things in some ways of being aware of, yeah, people's care needs and mental health needs, but also spiritual. For, yeah. People are holistic beings. And so um, being able to to come at it in, in, in that way and be able to love and care for people in that way, I think it already is huge. Um, and yeah, going forward, we'll just have more and more opportunities to press into that kind of thing. So, yes, yes, it's good. Well, I think Heather, I feel like we need to have you on again <laughs> because we have a lot more to talk about, but um, we're kind of hitting our mark. So. Thanks yes. so much for coming and sharing your experiences and sharing your gifts with us. And um, for those listening, right, always know the care team is available. Um, and so don't be shy about reaching out. And um, as we continue to be a community who walks well with one another and who can put supports around one another and that, right, when we're hurting or something's going on, we raise our hand and say, hey, I... I need help. Um, I have something that I need. And so um, I think that's really important that we continue to to grow in that way as a community, as a body. I think one of the things that I loved about Blackhawk the first time I walked in was it felt like a place where I could just be me. And I think sometimes we walk around with this illusion that everybody else who's in the atrium has got it going on. And Life is so messy for every single one yeah, of us. There's That's very the few reality. people. <laughs> That's just the reality. Oh. And if it's in a good place, yeah. it'll get messy in yeah, the next yeah, year yeah. or two, I promise. Totally. So I think it's being a community where we get to struggle with yeah. each other yeah. is just what I think Jesus had mm. in mind for the church to be. Yeah. Mm. So good. So good. All right, you guys. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you. Please join us again next week. Um, so I think next week we're going to be finishing up, I think, our series by talking about walking with God walking with God in the second half of life. Uh, so we're excited about that. Joining us for that conversation will be uh, Pastor Emeritus Chris Dolson. So look forward to that. All right. All right. Until next week, you guys. <laughs>